Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Dorking Out. My name is Sonia Mansfield, and I'm a cool girl. Joining me is my podcasting sister from another mister and the co-host of Dorking Out, Margot D. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. Go is not a nickname for Margot. It never was. (laughs) This was literally going to be one of my first questions to you. It was like, is that a thing? Because I had never heard that nickname for Margot before. So on a, the other pod, one of my other podcasts is called Book Versus Movie. My co-host and I are both named Margot, and we both covered Gone Girl. It's a few. It was a few years ago, but that was something we went back and forth. Like, has anybody ever called you Go? I'm like, no, they say Marg. They don't mm. say Go. Interesting. See, I would think Margot is short enough that there isn't yeah. a nickname. Actually, no, most people don't. Right? They like the name. Uh, so yeah, we're dorking out about. 2014's Gone Girl, which is based on the book by Gillian Flynn. Gillian, mm-hmm. Yeah, I said that right. Directed by David Fincher. I Here's what's crazy. I've actually read this book. I read this book, but I, wow. didn't, but I didn't see the movie. So I, what stopped you? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, because it came out like late 2014, Like maybe I think like October or something. So like I didn't actually I should look to make sure that that's correct. But I was right. It came out the weekend of my birthday. That's why I didn't go see it opening weekend because it was the weekend of my birthday. The only thing I could think is maybe your son because he must have been if he yeah he's he's. He could have been little. Yeah. So here's the thing: when you have a kid, when you especially when you have a young kid. You start prioritizing what movies you will see in the theater if you're going on a date night kind of situation. So it's like, do you $100 want to see Gone Girl? Like that sort of thing. So then maybe maybe at the time I didn't $100 want to see Gone Girl. I'm pretty sure I read the book because the movie was coming out and I intended to see the movie and then didn't see the movie. And next thing you know, it's, you know seven years later mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like how have you not seen gone girl with the <laughs> f is wrong with you so i'm glad that i finally watched it and there's so much to talk about and i'm glad that you did an episode of book versus movie about it because i can't necessarily remember all the differences but i think there are a lot of differences mm. right it, well yeah well she wrote the screenplay she did 
um, she was one of my favorite writers. She was for Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, I remember. She was a TV writer. And she was really good. She mm-hmm. was one of my favorites. And then she got laid off. And then, and her husband, it was the same thing. And then she had this idea for like, she's written some stories before. Oops, my cat's going to knock over the cat treats. Uh-oh. Excuse me, you're about to hear a crash. Um, Bad <laughs> girl. girl. Yeah, my own Amy is my cat. <laughs> <laughs> she hates me, but she wants her treats. Anyway, so she gets laid off. She and her husband work in the media. She has this idea and she writes this great novel that takes off. It is. And then, so, and then it's sold. It's so readable. It's compulsively readable. And then it's, and this is why I'm glad we're talking about this because it's one of those things. People either think it's great or it sucks. Mm-hmm. Nobody just reads and goes, I don't remember it. Nobody reads and sees the movie and says, yeah. eh, whatever. People have very distinct ideas and feelings mm-hmm. and they, can change i mean i have to say this movie the last time i I watched this the other night it was the most pleasant time watching it for me (laughs) and i don't know maybe it's because i've been in you know in because of the pandemic and i've been home for a year Mm -hmm. and i was like it was going back i like you know my fincher movies fincher movies they pay off watching them multiple times because this is true so detail-oriented yeah that you kind of pick up like oh and there are scenes that I love in this movie that like are so scary and tense mm-hmm. and I think they're really well done, but there are very big differences between the book and the movie. And I think in 2008, nine, when this book came out, you know, pe- the recession happened, people really understood not having money, things being in a weird place mm-hmm. in 2014, we have Obama as president. Yeah. The market's doing great. I think they just didn't have as much of that financial fear in there. It's told to us a couple of times, yeah. but I never feel it. These are broke people that have a McMansion for them and their cat. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess we should go back and like just say what the story is, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I also want to say, like, um, I think this movie might have played better for you now because we're coming off like we're still or or still in the me too yeah. in, in the me too movement you know and i think that david fincher is a director that i don't know his movies are kind of dude movies i don't and and i, and I don't necessarily i and i don't necessarily mean that as like a super bad thing but like no but like when you think about like a fight club like first of all it's a young man's movie like Older men who watch Fight Club are probably like, whatever. But like when you're like in your 20s or 30s, you're like, this movie super speaks to me. So David Fincher attracts a certain kind of audience. And then this book, the book attracted a different kind of audience. And then you put those things together and it's super weird. So like the dudes who come to see a David Fincher movie were probably like, I don't know, probably really on Ben Affleck, like really identified with Ben Affleck's character. And then you have like women who read the book who probably find things about Amy that they also relate to. But it's uh, it's very strange, very strange movie and book. And yeah, there's so much to talk about. Because she didn't, and also Jillian Flynn said for, it's either Gillian or Jillian, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if the G is hard or soft, but 
she has said, it's, I had to say many, many times, I am a feminist. Yeah. I just wanted to write stories about women who weren't awesome all the time. That's, like, yes. And she said, I don't write, I don't want to write about the plucky heroine. I want to write darker stuff, which, yeah, that should be a part of it too. She should be absolutely able to write whatever she wants. I think she's a great writer. Mm -hmm. This was the first book that I read on a Kindle that the Kindle ran out of power <laughs> and I had to plug it in. And I remember pacing my apartment <laughs> to wait yeah. because it was, because also this, I, this is another thing. Like this is a book, like in the movie, there's a twist. And when so mm -hmm. somebody tells you a twist, that's a spoiler. But I was like, well, what's the twist? I don't know yet. So I mm -hmm. had to keep reading it. So I read it all in one thing, one se seating. Yeah. There is a lot of, if you Google like gone girl movie, gone girl mm -hmm. book, whatever, there's a lot of like, well, is it feminist or is it not? It's not feminist. It's super misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this stuff. I shouldn't have said blah, blah, blah. I made it sound dismissive. No. There, there's good takes to be had on both sides. I actually think this movie's quite feminist. And because I don't think every, like you said, not every woman needs to be like a plucky survivor. Like, right. You know, Amy doesn't need to be representative of all women. She's Amy. And, no. and this and she's fucking evil like anyone else. Like Patrick Bateman in American Psycho isn't representative right. of every man. Like or the Joker. People bend over backwards yeah. with Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Just so much empathy for him. Mm -hmm. And then this woman, I mean, okay, she's not great. I mean, there's you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's not great. Yeah. I wouldn't put her in charge of anything. I wouldn't turn my back on her. Certainly would never piss her off no. if I could. I, but uh, but she's not that bad at that. But she's di she's brilliant. I mean, that's – and so people want her to use her brilliance and her good looks and her wealth because she – well, she, her parents piss that away. Mm -hmm. um, but she – yeah, you, 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 it's hard to find empathy for her. But then I have a ton of it when I – because that's like, yeah, I worked in magazines too. I was laid off. Yeah. I know what it's like when the recession hit. I remember like having six clients and then went down to two clients a month because everybody dropped their budgets. I remember – you know, these kind of people at New York parties. I knew people who moved away. And this is what New York is going through right now. A lot of mm -hmm. people have moved out of New York, gone to the suburbs because they're like, why am I paying four or five grand a month for an apartment where I can't do anything? Because might as well have a house with a backyard. Yeah. So I think it's much more relevant now. Yeah. Relevant. Not relevant. Jesus Christ. I am. <laughs> By the way, we're, we're both, we're both, we decided that this one decide, uh, needed it's a, a cocktail hour. This is a cocktail hour. So we're both having some wine. So if by like the 40 minute mark, you're like, what is happening? That's what's happening. <laughs> just, to, just, just keep up with us. We're yeah. on our first glass. Like, I, uh, I think Amy is a fascinating character. Yes. I I really like this movie and I I really like the book too. And I and honestly, I think they're very different animals. Mm -hmm. And what I think maybe got lost on some people people who super hate the movie or think that sh it's not feminist is Amy is she is someone who's like kind of controlled by a lot of different people like her parents there's her parents wrote a book, a series of like children's books, and they're based on her life. 
but they always like made it better. So it was like, I tried out for volleyball, but I didn't like it. So I quit after two weeks, but amazing Amy, the book series, you know, she joins the varsity team or like, they always just like kind of one upped her life. And I felt like this is like this shitty thing that I don't know. They like kind of co-opted her life and then she totally yeah they commodified it they yeah. they put money on it and then so she grows up like probably resenting this character yeah. like it has her name yeah it's not even like they had the good manners to like call her something else i mean they call her the amazing amy and then she's married to nick and then she says uh nick sorry but mom and dad have run out of money mm-hmm. you, they're having a lot of problems so i gave them my trust because that's really their money it's like no, it's yours. Yeah. They gave it to you. But she's trying to make them happy because that's probably just the – she's an only child. Mm-hmm. She's very beautiful and very successful. I mean, from appearances, she you would think she's perfect. And then that's what Nick – part of what Nick falls for yeah. is and, this yeah. presentation. Yeah, and she she does the same thing that, like, we all do. And he does it, too. The, there's the – when you're first dating someone, you're not dating like the real person, right? You're dating like their best representative. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're not that charming. You're, you're not that nice all the time. Like I love to tell the story about like the first couple of dates, my husband and I went on, he would have dinner and then we would split dessert. And I think it was like the third or fourth date. Like I was like, do you want to split dessert? And he's like, I have to be honest with you. I don't really like sharing my dessert. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, dude, just tell me you don't want to share dessert. Like, it's just like that, like kind of like these little, I know it's like not the same as what's going on in this movie, but it is the idea that like you kind of put up this best version of yourself. And in a way she, so there's a very famous speech in the book and in the movie, like about the cool girl. She, mm-hmm. she, put up this persona of herself as the cool girl and she kind of got trapped in it and but he also like built this persona of himself as like the cool like a cool dude like an understanding charming laid back guy but he 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 wasn't those things either you know they both lied to each other and so in that way she's kind of trapped and you know and then there's stuff later with like an ex-boyfriend where she is literally trapped and she's just such an interesting character at how i'm fascinated by her to be honest and if you haven't seen gone girl i we're gonna be spoiling the shit out of it so yeah sorry you should Um, definitely pause this and go read the book or watch the movie before you listen because even though i read the book there was still things in the movie that I was like, either I didn't remember or are different from the book. Like, and in the, go ahead. We'll be, yeah. So in the book, she gives you her background and then, and leaves it like she's writing a diary. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's epistolary. I think that's what they call that when you're going from a source. If I'm wrong, it's the wine, but she's, <laughs> She's writing in a diary and she's just kind of describing like, this was my life. This is my husband. We had 
you know, we had this great first date with the first kiss, you know, right when we met each other, we were crazy about each other right away. We had a lot of sex. Mm -hmm. We had media jobs. We were doing really well. And I had all this money from my parents, which is like a million dollars, which seems like a lot of money, but not really when you think about long term. Right. You know, but for them, that was like their nest egg. They could just you know, buy something and ha- and any, and they lose it all when the like I said the recession hits. They lose their jobs, and her parents take her money because they need it because they're destitute. And then at the same time, Nick's Midwestern family, he's estranged from his father. They have kind of a, a hard relationship. The dad's in a hospital. His mother has breast cancer, and Nick has a twin sister named Margot. <laughs> Go <whose> name. <laughs> Go. Her nickname is Go, which is the most. That's the only thing that starts to annoy me. You're like, all, I'm willing like, to believe. Now? I'm willing to believe everything else in this book except that, except for that nickname. <laughs> no. So, they, so they move to the Midwest, and you get the feeling like the, the the threat of money and fear of not having jobs. It's always on them when you read the book. Yes. Because it's written at the time where she was just laid off. And she had written a few novels before, and then they sold well after this. It's like the Stephen King thing. Like, his first novel did well, and then people were eager for the contents. And her other novels are great reads. Mm -hmm. She's a fantastic writer. Anyway, in the book, you you think that Nick murdered Amy, that she disappears. Yes. And it all becomes like, okay, like Scott Peterson and all these famous murderous men that killed their pregnant wives Mm -hmm. and their their pretty blonde wives like were dead. And it's played against the background of CNN and Nancy Grace Mm -hmm. and hard copy and all these tabloids. And then the great switch is that in the book and then in the movie, Amy's alive. She's just playing him for a fool. And in both, her whole thing is she's going to set him up to get the death penalty. Yes. And she's going to then kill herself, which that part of the story, I'm like, she's too narcissistic. She's not yeah, going to kill you herself. Know, at no point do you actually buy that she's going to kill herself. No. But in the meantime, so money is, like I said, is always the constant worry. With whatever money they have from selling their apartment in Brooklyn, which they sell for nothing, which I know that neighborhood they filmed in, and I know that building, I'm like, that's a knife in the gut. That's like yeah. a samurai kill to lose money on that apartment. <laughs> that, that should be. Samurai you would never kill. get over that. That You would never get over that. But anyway, they buy a place called The Bar, which is a good idea. Mm-hmm. If I ever have a bar, I'm going to just call it The Bar, too. And they have it in a little Missouri town. And that's the only place they're making money. Like they, they have no freelance work, nothing else. So what does Amy do all day? Amy makes friends in the neighborhood. Amy's trying to find a life for herself there. She's bored shitless. And the, the mother-in-law, her mother-in-law dies of breast cancer. And she's sort of like, well, what do we do now? What's going on? So she fakes her death. She has a few thousand bucks on her. And the whole thing, like I said, she thinks just by the time he's arrested and he's going to go to trial, she'll kill herself. Mm-hmm. And that'll, whatever. She goes to this, this place, this like, uh, it's a said, it's a place where it's a residency, but it's like by the day or by the yeah, week. It's some sort of weird, like, lodge. It's a weird mishmash. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Like not a, tra- it's like a step above a trailer park, maybe. 
Like you're, it's kind, yeah. You're like renting you're a vacation, like a cabin or something. It's very, you're renting a yeah. cabin, but you wouldn't do it with a family. Do you know what I mean? No. Like <laughs> it looks sketch. Yeah, and that actually part of the mo- book and the movie. I think the movie realizes that part really well. I am terrified every minute she's there at that lodge because mm-hmm. I know she's going to get. At, we do spoil here when that when those people come back to her place because they know she has money to yeah. rob her. I I can't watch it. I have to fast forward it no, every single time. It, it's and, and that scene is really frustrating because Amy is really, really smart. And, right. And she did the wrong thing by letting them in. She, she was lonely. I mean, she didn't yeah. count in that she's going to be alone this whole time. Mm-hmm. And she... And she just kind of like fell for their friendship for a second and they weren't her friend. Yeah. So she then, and there, and there's also a thing with an ex-boyfriend that she accused of rape, like also not great. Not, 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 a, not a cool, a cool girl doesn't do that. Let's no. just say what cool girls do and don't do. Not that. But Correct. she has an ex-boyfriend, Desi. And Desi's obsessed with her and he's rich. And so she's at her wits end. She has no money. She has a car. She's got like a stack of quarters and a few bucks. And that's it. And she just takes a risk and calls him. And he's living in St. Louis. And he goes wherever she is, wherever she's stuck, and brings her back to his place. But then he tries to be controlling. Yeah. And that's her. he's played by Neil Patrick Harris. And he's really, really good in this. He's always good. He's like, he he's is believable what he's doing. Yeah. He's always enjoyable to watch. He's really good. Oh, we should this. say so. It's Ben Affleck, and he's as, like a perfect as, Nick. Like, he, yes, he does seem like that guy who'd be like charming at first, and then you're like, what an asshole. Like he yeah. is. He is that guy, and and then was it a Ro- Rosamund Pike? Rosamund Pike. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. She's so so fucking good. She's brilliant. I think she's brilliant. She should be like the biggest star right now. I just, it's fucking. Did you see I Care a Lot? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. It's a little similar. I think you're going to get some similar vibes from her there because that actor, that that, that character, excuse me, also doesn't give a fuck about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's on my list. It's, you should definitely check it out. So she's now with Desi and all this time the police are breathing down his neck because all this evidence is starting to come out. Like Amy, it's now one of Amy's friends in the neighborhood is played by Casey Wilson. She's so good. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, she go, oh, that was your pregnant wife, Nick. What were you doing? You know, turns out Nick was teaching media also at the local community college was stooping one of the students. Of course he was. You know? And of course, because it's 2014, it's one of the Blurred Line girls that's, you know, <laughs> right. from the Blurred Lines video. She's she's the girlfriend. Go is furious because she was like, he, she, he kept a lie from her. But yeah, he's sleeping around. He's broke. It, his wife disappears. And there's luminol in the kitchen, which, you know, traces for yeah. blood. It does not look good yeah. for Nick. In... In the book, it really, like, that first half of the book, you think Nick is, like, an unreliable narrator, basically. Right. And, like, you really think, like, he might have done this. That is never in play in the movie. Right. And I I still think the movie works. I just, 
I I wondered about that part. But they they still do make him like such a he is like such a he's a douchebag. He's a douchebag. Exactly. Such a douchebag. And like he cheats on her like the morning of their anniversary. That's the day she turns up missing. He was going to ask her for a divorce. I'm like, you're going to ask her for a divorce on your anniversary, you fucking asshole. And you know, yeah, I wrote in my notes. I'm all I'm not saying I agree with what Amy did, but I understand it. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. There's, there's certain things that, I totally. That, yeah. I understand that anger and how you want to punish someone and you she wants to hurt him. And obviously this is to the extreme obviously i'm not saying like we should totally fake our deaths and you know make fake rape claims and no i'm not saying any of those things i'm just saying like it's okay to hate him he's a prick he is a prick and so the police are following the clues he hires it and they're you know cnn really plays it up amy's missing her parents show up there's all they set up a website and the, oh they do all the things like you know the media starts to do yeah and then uh, he hires Tyler Perry as his attorney and Tyler Perry who knew he could act I mean I've seen <laughs> the Medea movies and they're fun he's, he's really good too everyone's really really good really in this good movie. yeah it's filled with Missy Pyle plays uh, the the um, Nancy Grace type anchor Scylla Ward Scylla Ward is in this movie yep uh it's filled with really great people and so Amy is with Desi Neil Patrick Harris and there's a scene where they're both in their underwear it's a sex scene where she cuts him up Mm -hmm. and so gruesome Oh my God, is it gruesome? It's like out of any horror movie. Yeah. Like it's really intense. I didn't and expect that. Let me yeah. just say. <laughs> I was not expecting that. We should also say it's on Hulu right now. I don't know if you watched it on that's, Hulu. Yeah, that's where I watched it. Yeah, so it's streaming right now. So they go. So she, he's at his wit's end. He gives an interview. He kind of comes across a little bit better. And just around this t- – oh, also, this is the really big plot hole for me is that Amy charges $100,000 of crap, just stuff. Mm-hmm. And she puts it in a woodshed behind Go's house. <laughs> Nobody looked there. And what was the point of that? Like, why would somebody spend that much – it was like laptops and gate and elect- – It was – You know, I it's think ridiculous. Sell it. it. Either it was to – make it look like he was preparing for his life after her or it was just to show that like he was racking up debt and that yeah money is an issue right but at the same time they're either renting or they're mortgaged to the hill with a house that's the size of a football field like they have a scene where they're they're having a wake or whatever for his mother and i'm like how many rooms is this place? And it's just the two of them mm-hmm. and a cat. <laughs> yep. It's a big place. It's gigantic. You know, one of the other things that's in the book that's not in the movie as often, at least, is that Nick is, he, he does say in the movie, I'm so tired of being picked apart by women. But yeah. in the book, it is more explicit that Nick has a problem with women 
and that he's kind of shitty to them and he thinks shitty things about them. And I don't, and his dad is really bad. They, that in the book, but they don't really play that up in the movie so much either. And I don't know if that was a choice to make one of the characters a little bit more sympathetic than the other. But I, I, once again, I was like, maybe they could have left it in. I would have yeah. been fine with that. Yeah. And um, I, once again, the casting of Ben Affleck is so like perfectly cast as like a dude who's charming and then a dick, but also like just that press conference scene where he like stands in front of her picture and they're all, the press goes wild and they're taking all his pictures and he like instinctively smiles because they're taking his picture. Yeah. And like how fucking stupid that is. Like what a dumb move he made, like, or doing the selfie with the woman. Like, with the chicken Frito pie. Yeah. Like all of that is so, he's so stupid. It's just, yeah, ah! he's a big dumb guy. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a big speech. It's in both the book and the movie. And it's really good about the cool girl. And it's like women. So Gillian Flynn said that she wrote it. Um, she was inspired by There's Something About Mary. And that Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz in that movie is like the epitome of the cool girl. It's like, I like to yes. drink beer and eat hamburgers and play golf. And that's all I want. I want a man to love me for me. And it's like, yeah, because you're practically a dude, right? You're into all the things that dudes are into. And so she just, in the book, she gives this really good speech or in the movie too about like, I'm hot and brilliant and funny. And I like football and poker and dirty jokes and burping and anal sex and cheap beer and like, you know, all this stuff. And it's, it's so good. And it's, it's yeah. like, I fucking love that speech. I'm sure everybody does, but like, I just really loved it. And it's so well done in the movie because it's right when the movie kind of flips from like Nick's story to Amy's story. And it, she's like, I'm so much happier now that I'm dead. And they show her like eating all this junk food and, and she gives the cool girl speech. It's really, really well done. It is. And then I super liked Kim Dickens as she's another one who's she, always good. She really is. Rhonda Boney. Mm-hmm. She's the detective. And Patrick Fugit. He's the I, other detective I with know, her. Oh, the guy the little He's all grown the up. Little boy from Almost Famous is all grown yeah. up. Yeah. He's all grown up and he's he's so cute and he's but he's great in this movie that and it, like I said, once again, it, it talks about like there's homeless camps in their their um, neighborhood and that they go to the mall that's completely abandoned except for, you know, ne'er-do-wells and drug dealers and stuff like that. Like they do play up like there's this this financial difficulty that's, me- you know, meshed into all of this. And with Amy at the very – so she's with Desi – Let's go back a little bit. Yeah. She's with Desi and she sees her, Nick on television talking about their marriage. And yeah, it wasn't perfect. And I certainly wasn't that great to be married to. And I really regret that. And I'd really, if she would, you know, if she's alive, I want her to come home. I want another chance. And Amy's like Twitter painted. Like she's so excited. She wants Nick back. Why do, and you, why do you think she wants him back? I don't, you know, he just... It just fit her narrative. 
yeah. you know, that he was her hero. And so she go, she wants to go back to him. And then in the book, they come, spoiler, they come, she comes back and then the press goes away. And then Nick and Amy are writing like competing books. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in the house together, but they're not sleeping with each other, but they're writing sort of competing books. And so she's looking over her shoulder. He's looking over his shoulder. But in the end, we I think what we're supposed to believe is that they're kind of resigned to be together. Mm-hmm. Like no one else is going to understand. Seriously, no one is going to understand me as well as you. Yeah. Like you, you know, you're, you're the yin to my yang. So Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's it's make this work. The, when she comes back to him and she gets she gets out of the car and she's all blood, it's so like, it's so over the top probably just the way she wanted it and then like you know oh yeah and she like collapses in his arms like something out of a movie like oh you know and everyone freaks out and they do their interviews and all this stuff and yeah they're like living in the same house and this whole and also she goes to a sperm bank and like gets his sperm that he had frozen there and gets herself pregnant so she kind Mm -hmm. of traps him with a baby as well Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people hate that ending. I think they want this like fatal attraction ending where she gets super punished or something. But I, I kind of like, I like this and not kind of, I do. I actually really like this ending and I think he kind of wants to stay with her. Like it's not, I don't think he wants to do it just for the kid. I think he kind of wants to stay with her. He's turned on by the crazy. I think he is. And I think that's why yeah. Go is so upset. Because yeah. she, there's something about her brother that she just, her twin, supposedly, even though she's like 10 years younger. She's um, clearly younger than him. Yeah, I'm like, nice try. Nice try, Hollywood. Um, uh, there's something about her brother that she just doesn't understand. And yeah. that, that he's kind of into it. It's it, it's such a good ending. I yeah, I really like it. Do you think Nick and and Amy would still be together? I do. <laughs> I think so too. If they're still alive, yeah, they're I'm, together. By the way, not because they're super in love. 
just no neither of them will like admit defeat at this point (laughs) yeah i think it's like yeah i think it's like a spy versus spy at this point Mm -hmm. like those old mad magazine cartoon like i think they're just so committed to combating one another and they're not going to give up Mm -mm. and you know she'll you know, because Go is even like, you're going to have a kid that's going to be 18 years. You're tied to this one. I'm like, I'm like, girl, Go, he's gone already. I mean, yeah. he's the gone girl. You know, it's that's not worth true. crying over. It's true. Girl, you know, girl, he gone. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> I just, I like the ending when I read the book. I like that they kept that ending. I I didn't want a fatal attraction ending. I don't want the end where like, you know, she jumps out of a tub and he shoots her or some bullshit like that. Like, I, oh, by the way, spoilers for Fatal Attraction. <laughs> like, but like, because the truth is they're both shitty people and yeah. I'm kind of fine with them ending up together and being shitty for the rest of their lives. With each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of so. picture that. Yeah. He hangs out the bar. You know, they probably, he probably sleeps around on her, but yeah, you know, they have a kid. They both might be really like focused on the kid. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for that child. Yeah. Poor kid. Oh my God. That poor kid. I feel really (laughs) bad for him or her. That is no good. There's yeah. He'll totally sleep around by the way. He's a huge asshole. There is a scene where, so he's sleeping with blurred lines. Um, Well, she, so blurred lines, is at his bar and like they're walking out of the bar and the snow's falling and he does the move on her that he had done on Amy like mm-hmm. on their first date and she sees it and I'm like that alone is worth like fucking up this guy for the rest of his life. Oh I'm yeah. All, I'm, I'm, I'm fuck I'm that guy. <laughs> Nick's a piece of shit. Does he He wasn't d- the great investment that she thought. No. That's a good way of putting that. <laughs> he was not the best investment. I'm like, I actually think, uh, hmm. I don't think he's a match for her in that way. Like, I think she's way more clever. She's in, she's way more intelligent than yes, Nick. Exactly. I think so too. He He's just kind of a chump, but. And I think he knows that. Yeah. But. But he does look like Ben Affleck. And he, I mean, he's quite handsome. So, mm-hmm. sure. Sure. I love it that uh, Ben Affleck. So, supposedly, there's a scene where he's, you know, one of the scenes where he's at the airport. He's going to see his lawyer. He's coming back from seeing his lawyer. But David Fincher wanted him to wear a Yankees hat. And oh, Ben yeah. Affleck <laughs> threw a fit. Yeah. And basically because he's a boston fan and he's mm-hmm. there's no way he's not gonna wear it and shut down for four days or something oh ridiculous gosh. like that and i'm thinking well just digitally remove it like let him wear his red Sox hat but to digitally change it uh but no they change it to a mets cap that's so just si- so you know which is so silly and childish it, it is but. so ridiculous because um we have like so many of these we have so many actors who are like, I'm super method. You have your like your mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenixes and your Jared Leto's and your Robert De Niro's. Not that those two belong in the same category as Robert De Niro, but you know what I'm saying? That are like super, super method. And it's mm-hmm. like Ben Affleck can't even suspend enough dif- disbelief to like fu- put on a fucking Yankees cap. It's like, come on, dude, you're playing a character. 
And you know what it's like to be a director and to hold everybody up for your bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you're such an asshole. <laughs> Don't yep. be such an asshole, Ben Affleck. Um, I wrote down some notes about who else they were considering for the part of Amy Dunn. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is Reese Witherspoon. She bought it. Yeah, she's the one that, like, she bought the book, the rights to the book, right? And she was mm -hmm. entertaining the idea of playing Amy. And Fincher told her right away, no, you're too old. See, I don't think she's too old. but I think she's too famous. Yeah, I think they needed somebody like Rosamund Pike, for sure. They had mm -hmm. uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. I'm like, she. she's one of those people who's always super good. Uh, Natalie Portman. See, I'm like, nah. Nah. She seems too small. She's wispy. <laughs> Emily Blunt. She'd be good. Yeah. Rooney Mara. She'd be good. Yeah. She's always good. And then Olivia Wilde. I'm like, nah. Nah. She's too pretty. Yeah. So none of those. And then for Nick, it was Brad Pitt. And I'm like, he's too handsome. He's way too handsome. Way too handsome. And then <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, too handsome. I'm like, maybe too handsome. And then and too goofy. <laughs> too go Speaking of goofy, Seth Rogen, apparently. I mean, come on. When he starts giggling, like, no one's going to take it seriously. <laughs> and then the other one was uh, John Hamm, which I was like. That could work. Yeah. John Hamm could totally play that part. Would he be yeah, as good totally. as Ben Affleck? I don't know. Ben Affleck's very good in this, but he could totally play that. It's that kind of role. I also couldn't believe this movie was nominated for, like, nothing. I'm like, how could that be? I, well, so what was nominated? So I went and I looked it up, and I was like, so let's assume that they wouldn't nominate Rosamund Pike for Best Actress, which they should. Oh, they she did. She was. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, Rosamund Pike she was. was nominated. Yeah, but nobody else, right? I'm looking right mm -hmm. now. Let's see. Lululu. No. No Ben Affleck. No screenplay. Nope. Mm, nope. No. Just her. I mean, I guess if you're going to nominate one thing from the movie. <laughs> It'd be the, she was an unknown here in America anyway. Yeah. So if you're going to nominate one thing from the movie, I guess that's the one. But then I look at, like, there's just, this is such a good movie. And there's so much to talk about. And there's so many interesting things going on. And I think it is, you would be rewarded by multiple viewings of this movie. And then I look at the other movies nominated for Best Picture. And it's like, Birdman. I'm like, mm. American Sniper? Mm. No. Boyhood? Mm. Boring. Grand Budapest Hotel? I didn't like that one. The Imitation Game? I don't even know that one. That's the one with like Benedict Cumberbatch. No, thank you, know, you. Selma? I'm like, Selma's good. Yeah, Selma's good. You know, Theory of Everything? I don't even remember what that was. That's the one with uh, Eddie Redmayne. As Stephen Hawking. And, oh, then, no. and then the last movie is Whiplash. I'm like, it, honestly, I don't know if any of these movies are as good as Gone Girl. <laughs> I think, did Gone Girl do well at the box office? I think, let's see. Sometimes that's 
kind of thing that would rule it out. Let's see. Yeah. It did pretty well. It's like $369 million. Yeah, I think, um, you know, because this movie has its haters and this story has its haters. Yeah. You know, you and I are going on about how interesting it is. There's somebody else in another podcast would just, with the same information, everything yeah. would be like, that's what's infuriating about it. That's what's like, you know, it's yeah. stupid. It, that's it, what I hear a lot. It's, it's stupid. It's very, I don't think it's stupid at all. It's very divisive that I can see. Mm-hmm. When you read articles about it, there's this idea that it's like every like men's active men's rights activist's worst nightmare, right? Like she she's lying and conniving. She fake you know makes these like you know false rape she allegations. Pretends she's rich, yeah, she, it's because she pretends she's rich. <laughs> you know, fakes you know makes, and likes blowjobs. Yeah, and makes a you know false rape uh, stories and things like that. Like yeah. it's. There is a lot about it that's like really fucked up, but that's what makes her so interesting because we don't have a lot of female characters like this. We have a ton of male characters like this, but Mm -hmm. not female characters. And I think that that makes it interesting because she is a monster, but she is the product of a lot of stuff. And like you, I think you nailed it when you said like how, people are willing to bend over backwards to make the Joker sympathetic. So, yeah. But when we have a movie like this with someone who's a monster and there are some things in here that are fucked up that are beyond her control. And I don't know, there's like no sympathy for her. She is a monster though. I get it. But like, I just think there's a lot to talk about. I think it's a fascinating movie. I'm totally going to watch it again. Yeah, and it's David Fincher, so it's it's filmed beautifully. Yes, it's the soundtrack is really cool and eerie. The performances are really strong. I mean, I I just I don't know why I like it so much. I just I I've I've had times where I've like, I found like first I'll be honest with you, the first time I read the story when she took his sperm from the freezer and and that's how she made herself pregnant. It's some fricocked away that I was like, Oh, come on. Yeah. And that made me annoyed. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, that's even more twisted. Like she's really gonna cook him in. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I but yeah, there's there, I, especially, I don't know any guys that I have a problem with. It. I don't, I guess guys don't really talk about gone girl, yeah, but I, guess I not. but, but among my women, for, I have friends that are like proudly on Twitter or whatever will be like, Gone Girl's fucking stupid. In case you didn't know. And blah, I'm like, no, you are. You're not. You're not. You're not seeing a bigger <laughs> picture here. I, I think you are. I, and I want some of that chicken Frito pie. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that there's there's so many movies out there that are. I don't know. You see him and you're like, well, that was something to see, as your friend Aaron would say. That's something to watch. And here's one. It's a thing to watch. Yeah. It's a thing to watch, but it also has like so much to say. And there's so many different ways you could approach this movie and think about it. And you could watch this movie from a different character's point of view every time and get something different. I think this movie is legit great. And I, I really, really like it. And I don't I don't always love David Fincher movies. I do I love Zodiac. I think Zodiac yeah. is amazing. And it scares me. Yeah. And I just I you know, I used to love Fight Club, but it's another one that when I watch like 
I've tried to watch even clips in the last few years and I'm like, oh, this isn't for me anymore. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like the movie hasn't changed. I've changed. Like, you know, it's he he's not like I've been thinking a lot about Panic Room lately where I was like, maybe I should revisit Panic Room. That's David Fincher. And I'm like, I'm wondering if I would like it even more now. Yeah, maybe. You know, and what's the other one he did that oh social network is great girl with the dragon tattoo is great but then he just did mank did you watch mank oh my god mank me how boring was that how hard was that to sit through i didn't even I found that i didn't so even watch tedious. it i didn't even watch I, it because i heard it was fucking boring and stupid it's it's not <laughs> It's just so tedious yeah. and it's just, that's telling a story of like a not complicated man. I mean, man was very talented, but was right. also an alcoholic and just played by somebody 10 years, 20 years too old yeah, for the no part. Right. And, you know, but it has some great performances in there and I like Hollywood stories and I Me like too. writing stories. Like it's all, that's all my jam. Um, but I found it a slog, yeah. a very tough slog and he can be long and he could be verbose mm -hmm. you know fit fincher with his movies but i like zodiac it totally pays off yes yeah i think zodiac is legit scary and so i think that's well his done. best I, it is it's probably my it i i love a lot of his other movies actually now i'm looking at his list i'm just like I seven seven is really good you know, Panic Room, I remember really liking it. I think I might like it more now. Zodiac, I super love. Social Network was good. Here's the one that I'm like, fuck this movie. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I'm that. always surprised when t people tell me how much they love that movie. Because that's that another movie. one that I'm like, oh. Okay, so we've talked about this before. The episode of Seinfeld where Elaine is going to see, like, constantly being the dragged English to patient. see the English patient. That's me with the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Fuck that movie. I hate it. And everyone's like, did you see Curious Case of Benjamin Button? It's so good. I'm like, yeah, I saw it. It's terrible. I hated it. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It was so bad. It was like, it was like Forrest Gump light or something. It was like, I just hated it. I hated everything about it. Anyway, yeah. welcome to our podcast about how much I hate <laughs> The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> Do you want to hear some of the other movies that came out in 2014? Yes, please. We have never done this year before, so I can do the, I know. the top 10 movies. So number 10 was Interstellar. Did you see that one? Who's in it? Matthew McConaughey. It's, it's one of those Space Dad movies. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> space pop I, I didn't i didn't see it by the way i i don't i'm pretty sure my sister made this up so i'm gonna give her credit she's the one who calls them space dad movies <laughs> things like interstellar contact um, yeah what was the one with brad pitt like there's, two years ago no there's also the martian and yeah. there's um the one with amy adams oh a, uh. a rival yeah, there's a lot of space movies. I usually like actually space I, movies. I love I love Arrival, but there there is a lot of movies where it's like a dude goes to space and he's got like issues with his dad. And that's mm. what Michelle calls um space dad movies. So uh number nine is the amazing Spider Man two. Who's Spider Man? I think this is the one with Andrew Garfield. 
Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see either of those. You know what? Maybe no. I didn't go to a lot of movies in 2014 because I did not see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Nope. I watched I it. I mean, I saw them later. I saw it later, but I did not see it in the theater. Uh, I did see Captain America Winter Soldier. That's a good one. That's one of my faves. I really love that mm-hmm. one. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. I don't like the X-Men movies. I'm not yeah. really into those. I think I saw that one in the theater, too, because my husband is an X-Men guy. Uh, I didn't see any of the Hunger Game, Hunger, Hunger Game Oh, I love movies. the Hunger Game movies. I've never seen them. and I, I love I, them. I read the first book. The first book's great. The others are kind of, yeah. But uh, I like those movies. Yeah. I get totally, yeah. That's like my, my uh, Lord of the Rings. Like you have your Lord of the Rings. <laughs> this is the level of complicated I can handle is this the Hunger is, Games. So this was Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Yep. I, I liked okay. it. Uh, Maleficent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that one either. I did not see this one in the theater, strangely, but it is my favorite Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. I do like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's my favorite Marvel movie. I love it. Um, Number two, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Nope. I don't, nope. I don't like it. Nope. I don't Not like, in The Hobbit. I don't like The Hobbit movies. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't really like yep. the Hobbit movies. And then the number one movie was Transformers Age of Extinction. Nope. I have never seen it. I have never seen a Transformer movie. No interest. And they're not for me. Like they no, didn't, they didn't I'm make too those. Old. Yeah, they didn't make those for me. That's okay. It's it's yeah. fine if other people want to see that trash. That's their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that, that, look. Okay, so do you want to hear about some of the top songs? I'm really excited. Because, yeah, I do. Like, we haven't done this year before. It's a good year for pop music. I'm excited. So Sia Chandelier, which I do like that song. Good you would one. know it if I sang it to you. Yeah. But I'm not going to sing it to you tonight. Uh, Megan Trainer, All About the Bass. That song is awesome. Catchy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Another one, Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. Song is so fucking catchy. It's uh, Coldplay, Sky Full of Stars. <laughs> I do like Coldplay. I, I do too, that. but we're supposed to. Yeah, we're well, no, to. people are supposed to hate them. No, we're like older white ladies. We're supposed to That's love Coldplay. True. It's in our blood. Well, get ready. <laughs> Pharrell or Pharrell Williams, Happy. Remember that? You yes. couldn't get away from that. Yes, it was in like every kid's movie too, by the way. And then I loved the song, Katy Perry, Dark Horse. I just listened to that song yesterday. I love that song. I do too. Katy Perry's got to get, get back to writing hits. I, yeah. She's got to yeah, get back on that horse. The Dark Horse. I, that Dark Horse, because mm-hmm. I miss her. That is I mean, a, she's a mom right now, so good. Yeah, yeah, but she's fo- forget she's, American Idol, dude. Get yeah. back to writing songs. Yeah, that song is so good. Yeah, it's like one of my. I love Teenage Dream, and I love that one. Those are like same. My two faves. What else are you dorking out about? So I mentioned this on my other one of my other shows, but there's a podcast called Out for Blood, and it's all about so Stephen King's movie Carrie, which came out in 1976. And there's been several adaptations, TV movies, and then the movie was done. But pe- a lot of people don't know is that it was turned into a musical. And it came out in 1988, and it was famous for being a huge flop. Like, Aww. it lost millions of dollars, and it was all over the place. 
And it was one of those things like in New York, especially like theater critics would say like, not since Carrie has a thing bombed so much. <laughs> like it was a famous bomb. And then what happens sometimes with famous bombs is that somebody goes back, goes, you know, it wasn't really that bad. And then <laughs> people just work on it a little bit and they make it better. Yeah. And now it's like Carrie is one of the top high school plays put on like they that is, ask for the rights to do it it was totally redone and made more modern and had new music but at the time they had really interesting leads they had betty buckley who just came off of cats mm-hmm. and has this big booming voice and then i can't remember the name i'm sorry the girl played carrie but anyway this podcast is a couple of brits who are just they're they're theater kids and they're actors and they're bored out of their minds because everybody's home because of the lockdown, and they decided like one of them got a VHS copy of the original Carrie. It was it it debuted at the Shakespeare uh, Theater in London in England. Excuse me. It was that level of big of a project, and they go back to when it was being workshopped in New York, when Debbie Allen came on to be the choreographer, how the songs came about, and then it's just going through like how it came to Broadway, what happened when it flopped, and then just like how it able was it became a cult classic. They never had a cast album. They never had any artwork. Like it just was this weird thing that failed and then it kind of disappeared and then it's come back and it's more popular than ever. And it's so, I find origin stories really interesting. And I love people taking an idea like for book versus movie, we're doing cats. And I'm like, (laughs) Andrew Lloyd Webber read these cheesy poems about cats and then turned it into this cheesy play but it's one of the most popular things in the world i have like, never seen cats i i've have, i just did for the first time i didn't watch on, the movie i i might know once i might know some of the songs just by osmosis but like i didn't, yeah yeah but that, it's, i just i like that stuff i just find that yeah. really interesting i so I, it's called out for blood i had no idea that Debbie Allen worked as the choreographer. That's yeah. fascinating to me. Well, they had a deal. So it was the Royal Shakespeare Company. So it started, the, the whole production was based on the fact that it's going to be workshopped in England and then come to the States. And so half the cast and crew had to be American and exactly mm. half had to be British. So she's part of the American half. Mm. And Darlene Love was oh, What? I mean, yeah, I know. This story is crazy. And it, the set nearly killed people, and people like supposedly booed loudly the first <laughs> night. Like it's just, it's insane. The story is just batshit. Who and so, pays right. all this money to go see a musical, then boos people? Come on! I have seen so much crap on Broadway. I would never boo, but I mean that's part of the lore. Did they really boo? Yeah. Who knows? But- it's just. Yeah. But anyway, it's, it's fascinating. I, I find that really, that's what I'm dorking out about. Yeah. That's a really, that's a good recommendation. I just keep picturing now Debbie Allen going, this is where you start paying in blood. (laughs) Sweat. (laughs) I love Debbie Allen. Me too. So I am late to this party as I usually am. And then I'm the first to leave the party. But the, I saw Promising Young Woman. (gasps) isn't it great and it is 
so fucking good. I it I figured this is like a good double feature with Gone Girl. Actually, like if if you watch Gone Girl, maybe you would like you would also like Promising Young Woman. This mm-hmm. movie is fucking bananas to me, and I think it's so good. And it's Carrie Mulligan as the uh, lead, and she is a woman who I don't actually I don't want to spoil too much. I'll just say no. that, like her thing is she goes out and. She pretends to be drunk and lets men pick her up. And I'll just say that. Maybe I'll just leave it there. But yeah. some of the dudes that she lets pick her up, it's like a, it was almost like a a list of like nice guys. And I think that's for a reason. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, so it's like an Adam Brody or like the guy who played McLovin and, you know, stuff from Superbad, of course. And she's so, so good in this movie. And it, it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. And I just, it, I, I feel like movies don't always really surprise me. And I was so surprised and I just was blown away by her performance in it. That it's, mm-hmm. it's such a good movie. And I also saw uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that one was really, really good. Did you see that one yet? It's on HBO. No, Max. it's on my list. Yeah. It's the performances in it are, are so good. I had watched a documentary a couple months ago about the Black Panthers. And so I was a little familiar with the story, but like to see like more details, it's about a, um, a black guy who gets arrested and the FBI uses him as an informant to infiltrate the Black Panthers. And it's, it's really, really well done. And I highly recommend that one. So if you have HBO max, it is on there streaming for free till the end of the month. Okay. Well, I'm going to make sure I check yeah. it out. And I know you're watching Alan versus Pharaoh. Oh my God. After last night's episode, yeah. like uh, we are going to do a, I'm, I have no doubt that this is going to happen at some point when the show, when that documentary series wraps up, we'll do a special bonus app for um, what a creep. <laughs> Yeah, if you like the sound of our voices, we also co-host the What a Creep podcast. And Woody Allen was one of our creeps that that I think that one ran last year. Maybe we'll we'll put it, we'll release it again. But it's one of the ones like people either really agree with us or Woody has his fans. Yeah, we some people get really upset. (laughs) We definitely got some one star reviews after that episode for that and Roman Polanski, which I'll die on that sword. No problem. um, I just know how to pick them. Those are both yeah. episodes that I was like, I'm gonna do <laughs> famous. I'm gonna do famous. These two famous directors, and then people are like, "Fuck you, one star." <laughs> but or they mention my cackle, yeah, or mine. <laughs> I, it could be either of our cackles. I don't know. One star, lady made me not want to watch Roman Polanski movies. <laughs> anyway, it's really. It it's on that is also on HBO Max and it's really really good. So HBO Max is worth it. It's I, fucking killing I, it. It is killing it. It had a weird launch because we had HBO Plus, we had HBO Now. There was it was too much. HBO Go. HBO Go. Like I had too many. Yeah, it's there the was one like app. Diet HBO and yeah, <laughs> light <laughs> HBO, HBO Light. light. <laughs> HBO Kids. It was all this crazy crap. HBO no, Zero. they had a really great um backlog of documentaries especially like Mm -hmm. hbo really puts out a good documentary they have one that's like a five-part series on jane fonda that's amazing Ooh, 
Putting that's it. and that's on there too. All I right. was watching that the other day, and I was totally sucked in. They also have a bunch of stuff from Turner Classic Movies on there. Yep, there's some. It's really it's like an embarrassment of riches. Like you can you could ditch some of your other channels and get HBO Max. It's worth it. I would say yeah. And I was almost gonna ditch Hulu, and then all of a sudden I started going through Hulu. Like they have really good movies on there. They yeah. have some good TV shows. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna lose Hulu. No. In fact, I'm going to be upping my Hulu because I just found out Sling is dropping our local sports channel. So I, as I tweeted, well, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye, Sling. <laughs> You're fucking out. Margo, where can people find you on the internet? You could find me on social media at Brooklyn Fit Chick for Twitter and Instagram. And my blog is brooklynfitchick.com. And you can find me at thesoniashow.com and the Sonia Show on Twitter and Instagram and Dorking Out. You can email us at dorkingoutshow at gmail.com and you could send us requests. You could get stickers. We have adorable stickers. If you like us and want to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, we wouldn't say no. It would really offset those one-star reviews we get for <laughs> talking shit about Woody Allen and Robin Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> This was super fun. I am so glad that you finally got me to watch Gone Girl. I'm kind of kicking myself for not watching it earlier. So thank you, Margo. You're a cool girl. I am a cool girl. And I'm going to go make me some chicken Frito pie. <laughs>